0: Um, I, I uh, start recording. Start recording. Can I say something? Let's talk about. Ooh, do I want to bring that up? It's nothing bad, but do I want to bring that up? Oh, oh, guess what? Guess hey, what? hey, hey, hey! Let's weekend. sit down. Let's sit down. Let's sit down before he gets active. It's, get active. it's about to get active. It's about to get active.
1: Welcome to the Creative for Greatness podcast, hosted by the Strive Initiative and the Pottstown School District
2: conversations from students about vision, dreams, aspirations, and thought-provoking ideas. My name is Devin Green, and I am a senior at Pottstown High School. My name
3: is Adam Green. I am also a senior at Pottstown High School. My name is Henry Fetterman, and I'm also a senior at Pottstown High School.
0: My name is Lily Fetterman, Henry's twin. I'm also a senior at Potstown High School.
1: And I am Mark Ellison III, and I am also a senior at Boston High School. So you're the odd one out. You don't have you to don't have a last sharing name.
2: last name with somebody. Yeah. Wow, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. So we wanted to start this off by talking about something that uh, we've all overcome. So I'll start us off. A nice little adversity. Yeah, a little a little bit of adversity. See see what we've had to go through. Yeah. So I wanted to start mine off by saying that I overcame mental adversity. Um, My freshman year, I mean, all throughout high school and middle school, did wrestling, right? Freshman year comes, I'm feeling like the man, all right? I come out for the wrestling team my freshman year of high school, and I'm able to make varsity for the 152-pound weight class. And up until this point, you know, I've been hearing that high school is a whole different game. High school is something completely different than middle school wrestling because it's there's just levels to this. So of course I'm thinking I'm just going to get through it. I'm just going to I'm just going to come out and dominate or whatever. That couldn't be further from the truth. I ended up going 5 and 22 my freshman year
0: so that's wait (laughs) winning five losing 22
2: winning five matches right and losing 22 and you know you'd think and and the thing is two of those wins were forfeits (laughs) (laughs) bro
4: went three and 22 have you ever
2: lost like that before no i had never lost like that in my life you know and the the Number one thing I can say about it is that it's not because I was bad. It's not because the people that were beating me were better than me. It's because once you go out with the expectation already that, that you're going to do so well, and then that gets completely destroyed in, say, your first match or your first or second going, then all of a sudden... Your mindset flips and you're like, oh, maybe I'm not good enough for this. Maybe I can't compete on this level.
4: And that's like especially
2: detrimental in a solo sport like wrestling. Especially detrimental. Everything comes down to you. Everything. I mean, you have no one to blame other than yourself. So when you go out there and you lose, you have to look inward on yourself and say, everything that happened is my own doing. And the thing is, I, w- I was told by coaches that I was the hardest working one in the room and practice and everything. So I was thinking, why isn't this translating? So fast forward to sophomore year, COVID hits. We only have 10 matches. Um, I went five and five. I was like, okay, that that is the littlest step to going from an extremely losing record to a half winning in only 10 matches. Um, but you know, I, I still didn't feel like I was up to where I should be. But then when my junior year came around, I told myself, you know, it now now I'm an upperclassman and I know that I've had the skill my my entire career. I just need to execute, I need to come out with that confidence. So that year, with the new mentality, working just as hard as I did before, if it may be a little bit harder, went 23 and 12. Almost flipped my, That's my, better. my record for freshman year. <laughs> That's better. <laughs> That's <laughs> a lot better. <laughs> just a little bit better. And, you know, if you look at um, progress, like if you were to graph progress, it would be kind of a logarithmic curve to where, you know, in the beginning you get – you you work up and see improvements slightly at first mm-hmm. and then it skyrockets exponentially and then plateaus a bit. So when I I – I was thinking, okay, this is my – This is my burst of improvement. This is my exponential growth. I want to improve on this for the next year. So senior year, this year came around, went outside every day, 5.30 a.m., running a 5K, right? Wanted my endurance up because that was the number one thing that I lacked the year before. And improved my record to 26 and nine. So the point of that is that sometimes it's that it's that mental barrier that you have to overcome more so than anything. It's that mental, you know, having that confidence of, yes, I can go out and execute. I've put in the work. The the work isn't enough. It's knowing that you've put in the work and knowing that it will pay off.
4: I really like how you brought up the uh, the exponential growth to a plateau, and I feel like that's something not only athletes can really relate to. Everybody can relate to it to some extent, whether it's absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. And coming off of a very big burst, like a like a growth like that, just to hit the same thing, whether it's like weightlifting or you know saves as a goalkeeper, touchdowns on a football field, it's hard to keep that going coming off of such a big growth like that and especially mentally like hitting that plateau is one of the hardest things especially in track and like solo sports Mm -hmm. like just repetitively getting the same number over and over again when you know you're doing your best to change it when you know you're doing everything in your power to change it And hitting that same number over and over and over again, that is so tough mentally. So I'm very glad that you brought that up. And I feel like not a lot of people really pay attention to that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And then it's that mental strength to know, you know, even though I'm putting in all this work and I'm hitting the same numbers over and over again, I know eventually I'll see an improvement eventually right. and you just have to stick through you, it. You
4: you have to stick with it because even after that plateau, there's always that other growth. You just have to keep pushing, keep getting better because that plateau typically means that you've done what you could to start out with. You've done the muscle growth that you could just as a beginner getting into it. You just need to work keep working those muscle groups, keep working those fast twitch muscles doing the same thing and then that that muscle will grow, that your mem- your muscle memory will grow you'll get to know it better, and then you'll grow again. That plateau is initially just, you know, getting it up to speed to begin with.
2: Yeah, definitely. So I think that segues very nicely into, Adam, what did you have to overcome? What adversity did oh, you Oh, man,
4: so much adversity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, I really like the sports aspect of, you know, uh, talking about adversity Um and it's kind of hard to decide what I want to do, uh, what the, what I want to talk about, um, because sports, you know, they they get left out so much when yeah. when talking about like mental health and you know Serena Williams not going to one of the the tournaments. I feel like that was a really big yeah, one. It was uh, groundbreaking. Yeah, it was like <laughs> athletes experience depression. What? I can't yeah. believe this. Doing doing these uh, post-round interviews after we lose. This can't be. This can't be good for
1: them. Yeah, it's, it's almost <laughs> as if that that plateau. Everyone's expecting everyone to maintain. Right. Uh, some wait. Sort wait. Of wait.
3: Status. Wait. So you're telling me professional athletes are also human? I know it's a wild it's a wild idea
4: to grasp. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I don't know. Like, I've experienced so many things uh, mentally with sports because I've been doing them for just so long. Like since first grade. It's like
0: that's your thing. Yeah.
4: That's that is my thing. But um. I think mainly what I want to talk about, since we already did this sports thing, um, you know, home life. Adversity in the home is so important to somebody's mental health and physical health uh, as a whole. And, you know, I I just wanted to want to want to bring that one up just in case it doesn't get brought up.
0: I mean, especially (laughs) as a literal child.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. So um, I will I, I will say how it affects you sports wise but we'll get to that so um mentally you know uh sophomore year is when covid hit so i'm doing fine i'm doing my sports spring track gets cut off for for shutdown we didn't get a single um a single meet in and that was that was rough because track track was my sport other than soccer i had Mm -hmm. transitioned to track at the time um so not being able to do a meet after that was extremely rough. And then going into online classes was like 10 times worse. Yeah. And I started – that was like the first time I actually started uh, feeling um, symptoms of, you know, depressive episodes and stuff like that because – and I feel like everybody did to some extent, but I was getting mine like really frequent, really bad, and I just felt like if I – was out, out in the world doing my sports, doing everything that I could be doing if lockdown wasn't happening, I'd be perfectly fine. Like right. Just being normal. Right. And, you know, being, going through my uh, growing years during lockdown did not help at all. <laughs> I remember coming back to school and everybody was like, I didn't even recognize you. <laughs> you know, all those hormones going at it um, just, to, just to be in one single house at one time. It sucked.
2: Yeah, you it shot absolutely up sucked. From like 5'7 to 5'10, yeah. 5'11". Oh, yeah, it, it was ridiculous. It was I crazy. Didn't recognize him.
4: <laughs> so, you know, getting all those things canceled and being in the house, it really took a toll. And um, I was mainly living at my mom's house at the time, and she was not doing the best either. It wasn't easy. Um, So it finally got to a point in that argument where um, I grabbed three suitcases, filled my entire wardrobe into those suitcases and left. I called my dad to pick me up because I didn't have my license at the time, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, called my dad to pick me up and just left. And mentally, you know, living with somebody for two years, two plus years exclusively just to switch it up and go to live at your other parents' house like that overnight, literally overnight, that is rough. So I did not like the apartment that my dad was in. You know, the divorce happened in that apartment, so I just did not like it. So I had to go live for a week or two at Lily Fetterman's house. I'm (laughs) sure her parents loved it.
3: Forgetting about the one other Fetterman. (laughs) <laughs> I still love you. Don't worry but, about. But it. continue.
4: <laughs> I had to live at their house. Uh, it was always an it was always an offer on the table that, that that their their parents gave me, but I never really truly considered it until that day where I just texted Lily and I was like, "Yo, I'm coming over to live for a week." Is that chill? She was like, "Oh yeah, that's fine."
0: Yeah, it was. It's it's kind of always been like that where you're just kind of always around at right. our house like eating dinners at our house and stuff. And so that was just like It was it didn't, it didn't even like phase any of us. Yeah,
4: just. it didn't it didn't feel different to any extent. Like I was there so often already that I was practically living there. Yeah.
0: But it's like none of us even stopped to consider the mental turmoil that you were currently going through.
4: Yeah. And I will say um your parents did ask about it and i didn't not tell them i did not tell them the full the full story um, cuz that was rough you know a week in yeah. but they were really respectful about it actually and even even with them asking about it they asked in a very respectful and meaningful way yeah. but at that time i was just so i was going through it especially like after living with her for so long Um, but nonetheless, I got through it, but at the time, uh, soccer was going on and to go through that with soccer going on and just having to deal with it while you're out on the field, you have to kind of switch a mindset and that kind of gets you into, um, code, code switching a lot. And if you don't know, code switching is. You know, changing your personality based on where you are, who you with, who you're with, and that really made me struggle a lot with trying to find out who I was uh, as a person, whom I, who I am, personality wise, was.
0: Quick identity crisis. Very. 17.
4: Exactly. It was so extraordinarily rough on me, um, and. I had to, you know, kind of go through that, and I was going through it myself. I didn't really talk to anybody about it because not really. I didn't really think a lot of people would understand it. Um, terrible idea. Don't do that. Yeah. Awful idea. Yeah, definitely talk.
1: don't do that. Yeah, definitely don't.
4: <laughs> if you are going through something like that, talk to somebody, please. Because going out and code switching every single day, uh. It really it makes you think who who you really are, and it that took a toll on my uh, my soccer career in my senior year. You know, um, I remember distinctly we were coming back from a lower Marion or upper Marion game. We as a soccer team, Potstown soccer team, we're not the best. I think it's very easy to say that. And, as a goalkeeper, um with all these other coaches saying, "Oh, you're such a good goalkeeper you should uh you should play on clubs so you get spotted by colleges and all this stuff, and then playing you know for Pottstown High School, I love the team. I love everybody on the team, but we're not soccer players. Yeah. We are a great group of kids, but we're not soccer players, and Upper Marion. Are soccer players, they have like three squads of kids, uh, two varsity and, and one JV. And we would get blown out every single year. And I remember coming back, I I must have saved at least like 65 and let 11 in. And I remember sitting on the bus just so physically exhausted and just crying. I put my hood on, cinched it up just laying on my bag and just tears running down my face. I'm like, what is happening right now? Because there was just so much going on in my life at the time. And then to add on top of that, we lost. I was, quote unquote, the reason we lost because I was the goalkeeper. And I was so physically exhausted that I just didn't know what else to do. And really to get through all of that, you just got to talk to somebody. The way I got through it, was just like literally talking to people about it because you don't know how many people you really can relate to on an extent like that until you talk to them.
2: I agree, especially because, you know, you, you have that thought of they probably won't understand. But another thing you don't grasp is that every single person's life is just as complex, right. just as adverse as yours you know people have all gone through their own type of stuff right which (laughs) of course is why we're recording this yeah right right
4: (laughs) you kind of get tunnel visioned onto your own issue and then you don't really acknowledge the fact that everybody else has issues and it's
3: like the the person that you wouldn't think would have advice for you will always have like the best advice right and will always help you get up from that spot you're at Right before. Yeah. There's no shortage in
1: the amount of things you can learn. Yeah. Right. There never is a shortage. I
0: would say one of the biggest adversities I've faced in my life have just been it's internal. Uh and it is my my own I don't know how to put it. It's I guess it's just like social norms and gender norms and how that has limited me. Um, And I say it's an internal conflict like with myself. It's an internal adversity because nobody's really like uh, telling me that I can't do stuff like uh, auto and engineering and stuff. Uh, Nobody's telling me that I can't, but I just generally feel kind of unwelcomed. In those environments, are I feel like I am less than other people or other men in those situations because I, you know, I doubt myself, especially when it's things that I'm generally like unfamiliar with. You know, as 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 one does. Right. Um. But I have always like wanted to do these things. I've always wanted to try out engineering because, um, I'm. Sp- I would consider myself a smart person.
3: Yeah, you're smart.
0: Um, I don't know. I've just always been really interested in it, but, like, I haven't actually taken any classes like that, that have gotten me actual exposure to it. Basically, uh, in, like, middle school, like, late middle school, early high school, and we were, like, picking our classes, I was trying to stick to what I was good at, um, like art, music, you know, creative stuff that I feel like are very comfortable environments for me. And as I continued high school and I became friends with a lot of the kids that are in my current classes, um, that being, like, uh, a lot of the AP classes and, like, higher honors classes, I started to realize that Nobody's actually putting any limits on me. Like senior year, it's the first time I took engineering. I'm an engineering one right now, and I love it. I absolutely love it. It's so interesting, and I'm and I. It's something that I catch. I, I I caught on to really easily. Um, and I worked in electrical. I did 3D printing, and right now we're doing our sort of, like, end-of-year project, and I feel like I'm really leading my group. But the sad part about that is that it's starting senior year. I never... I've always considered being in mostly, like, male... uh, male, yeah, 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 male-dominated subjects like these. Um, But I've never actually thought that I could do it, which completely goes against, like, everything I stand for. Because I've always been, like, super feminist, like, a woman can do anything that a male can do. But when it actually came to doing that, I got too scared. I just didn't do it. I just wanted to stick with what I was comfortable with and not actually expose myself to these male-dominated fields. And so now that I'm actually in that, and I've realized that I just... I'm a smart person and that translates to anything that I'm a part of. I I just regret a lot of my sheltering myself uh, that I did early on. And I really wish I would've gotten involved in these things when I wanted to. And I I really wish I didn't limit myself. Um, And in part that is because of society's standards And it's really easy to just fall into those, fall into these norms. But if you don't do that, you can really find something that you're really interested in. And I've been considering pursuing engineering now. Like, I always knew that I would be interested in it. But now that I'm actually doing it, it's not as hard as you would think. It's really, yeah. So that is... And adversity that I've overcome is just gender norms. Nice. And this can translate to all different parts of life. Uh, like, I just don't need to worry about what I'm doing uh, based on other people's standards.
2: What I find, like, really interesting about that is that even now in 2023, um, it's not— now it's not the idea of of a man telling you that you are not allowed to it's the it's the unspoken things or you know the the implied um um low expectations of of a woman in these fields you know it's we we've still not gotten over that even through the the strides towards an, towards equality that we have made
4: it's 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 coming from like i don't want to i don't want this to sound bad in any way but it's 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 coming from like the idea of you know women for hundreds thousands of years have been told you can't do these specific things you can't use your hands you can't do these this hard work and now we're only like, if you look at it, we're only a hundred years out of that, if not barely even. Like,
0: yeah, not mm-hmm. even.
4: So it's it's kind of breaking that own mindset of, well, we haven't been doing this for thousands of years. So now we got to get ourselves into this new age idea of, you know, stopping yourself from thinking that you can't. Where in some places, yeah, there yeah. are definitely... Um, things that are still being discriminated on and um, some places not hiring because of gender or st- st- some other thing like that. But I, I, with what you were saying, I think it is like a lot of, you know, women coming to themselves and being like, we haven't been doing this, we need maybe... We don't do this, and then it's just getting getting out of that mindset and and getting into it. But I will say that that is one of the great things about Pottstown uh, High School's CTE program is if you went to Pottsgrove, you would have never done engineering because we have CTE in our in our school. Kids can do three, four, even five CTE classes just just because just because they want to. Whereas Potts Grove and other schools in the pack and across the state and nation that don't have these CTE programs in their school, they can only pick one their sophomore year, and then they got to progress through it. And they have to pick AP or CTE. Like, come on.
0: Yeah. I think I love town because we really do have the opportunity to explore our interests yeah. if we want to. Exactly. And a lot of kids uh, don't really take advantage of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it has obviously been very fruitful for us right for this group um but also, I think that the biggest thing with like modern day feminism is just going from theory or like thoughts to actual practice, yeah, and like that was my biggest thing is like we're're we're, we're transitioning from. The thought that women are equal to, to women actually being equal—that
2: yeah. is, that's that a really good way to put it. Speaking on that uh, point about our CTE programs, you know, I remember entering high school. You know, I w- like we were told uh, plenty of times by by teachers and administrators. You know. Hey, what you guys have here is very, very special to have a CTE program in the building and you should definitely take advantage of this and uh, et cetera, et cetera. And I just remember being younger and everybody around me was like, okay, like, so what? Like, what, yeah. what, what difference is it? I don't care. And, you know, a lot of people, I think, didn't understand, nor myself, didn't understand um, the actual the the actual advantage this serves to spend just say you know th- two periods out of the day in the CTE instead of leaving the building for the rest of the right. day to go to a separate building and work on whatever right. And on
4: that, there's so many practical things in the CTU program that you do, whether it's just cooking like I did or learning how to splice a wire or something like that. There's so many practical things. And on top of that, you get certifications for it. So I was just a level two in culinary. That's it. I was just level two. And I have my OSHA 10 hour certification. And if you don't know, OSHA, very important in your in your work life. W- w- health hazards and safety hazards happen. They, they And you need to know your rights on them. Further, it's just a nice thing to have. A couple extra bucks on your paycheck for an OSHA certification, just for doing 10 hours in class. You're going to do it anyway if you take a CTA, CTE. Get a couple bucks on your paycheck. You know what I'm saying? Level two.
0: And with... You can correct me if I'm I'm wrong on this, but I believe that every CTE course that we have, if you go to like level two, level three, or anything past that, I think some have level fours, um, you will be pretty much guaranteed like professional experience and uh more or less.
4: <laughs> That's it's not completely um, wrong. But it's also not completely correct.
0: But I just like these are I feel like a lot of people complain about school not teaching them about the real world. But every CTE course sets you up for a real-life job in that field. And you get, like, certifications, like, uh, NOSHA certification. Or I know the child care people, they get certain certifications for working with children. And, Mm -hmm. like, it really does just set you up for whatever career path you want to take. Right.
4: And, um, and, um, Oh, you threw me out of my mind, Dev. You threw me out of my mind. My bad. My bad. <laughs> Never mind. I don't even I want to say it. I didn't even want to say it anymore.
0: <laughs> all right. Signaled to move to the next topic.
3: All right. Well, yeah, I really, I really like how you just, we're here to talk and, and we're comfortable talking to all of us. And I, I like how you, you, Devin, talked about like, like, sports you talk about family life and for me I kind of want to talk about academics and how that affected me so like as a kid I felt sort of setbacks like I don't know what it was but it's just like something held me back like academically and I was like looking all around me looking at all my peers and seeing how they suck success and I couldn't help but compare myself to them I couldn't help but feel like I should be doing more with with my life or not with like with my life, but like I should be accomplishing as much as these kids. And like I was looking at all the gifted kids and all of these other students and I was like, dang, I was really set back. And that sort of like followed me all the way up to middle, like through middle school, uh, early on in uh, high school, like before COVID, and then, I just like felt just so unconfident in myself. And then that like that unconfidence with academics translated just to a real life. And then I'd always let other people talk, and I'd always think like, "Dang, I don't have anything to say in this situation." And sometimes today I still do, which like s- sort of resides in my mental space. And but once COVID hit, I sort of for some reason I didn't hate it as much as other people because I felt more like I felt more like caged in. I felt more like, yeah, you had a chance to just like reflect. Yeah. Reflect. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's when I sort of realized like, Hey, I'm not actually this this kid who has nothing to say. I'm more of like, I'm, I'm a, my own person. And it's not about like trying to prove yourself to people. It's, trying, it's about proving it to yourself that you can be the person you want to be. And I just, I just like started trying. I just, ac- academic wise, like I started just picking AP classes instead of taking the easy way out. And I just challenged myself and that's when I proved to that's when i re, when
2: I really proved to myself that I could succeed yeah 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 i uh i I love how you know that it was almost the complete opposite for you in Covid than a lot of other people i um because oftentimes when you're in that when you're being um isolated. Mm-hmm. Away from the p- very people that you compare yourself to, yeah. that forces you to not compare yourself to the successes of other people, but compare yourself now to your past self. Yeah, and, and that's what I wrote about on my college essay, and I felt pretty passionate about
3: that. But still, to this day, I I just still have that comparison to all my peers in my A B classes. Like, yeah. like I always just want to like match. Like with the people at the top, because I know I'm not necessarily at the top, but you but could be. Not that I, I guess I could be. But it's like it's sort of like, do I want to be really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, do That's I fair. do I want to be at the top? I like, will that help me? Like, strive for my goals. In what
4: way is that going to help yeah. you if you are at the top? Yeah, yeah, it's like what what is what are you doing
3: that makes you feel good about being at the top? Yeah, you know? and it's just like what. what like I look back at that or I look at that now and I'm like shoot if I want to be at the top I just want to like beat everyone else and that's not that's not good at all like I I want to succeed with everyone else not like I it, not it, 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 like win while other yeah. people fall like I want everyone
2: to to rise up with me Mr. Armado says that uh you know a, a day is a success as long as you can say at the end of the day, you've either become a better student, a better athlete, or a better person. If you get one percent better in any of those three subjects every day, then you are succeeding in life, whether you're at the top or not. And I also want to say one last thing that helped me through like my void of like my void of like
3: self hatred or not like self so just self confidence would be my friends like like not like friends that are more of like in a separate like in a wider gap like just like as middle schoolers or as like young a young friend you don't really talk about like personal stuff right. and, and you don't realize that until you really like connect with certain groups of individuals and that takes a lot of talking and uh, experiences with other people. And I'd say, like, Adam and Devin and Mark, you guys were, like, one of the closest friends I've ever had. And then the way you guys, we would, like, conversate, I would just feel, like, I just feel very self-confident. I'd gain a new perspective on life that I'd never had before. And I'd say with that friendship, that really, like,
1: brought me further, really, like— It just goes to show, yeah. just how much you know talking to someone mm-hmm. can change things. And right?
3: that that proves that everyone has their self worth, no matter who they are. It's like, like really intelligence, like viewing intelligence, is just more of like off of off of someone's reputation and how they perform, yeah, rather than how they personally like think. Like they don't, it's not analyzed. It's, intelligence is analyzed outwardly, not inwardly.
4: Yep. I get what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get it. Yeah.
1: I I think that uh, a lot of the time, you know, we face challenges and we think to ourselves, is this something I can handle on my own? Mm -hmm. And most of the time it's, it's yes. Right. But- in situations where you're constantly, you know, making the same mistakes or you're dealing with the same challenges, sometimes it helps to just get help from someone else. Yeah, yeah. You know, Devin provided an example of a situation where he had to rethink mentally. He had to reflect and just take some time to process. You know, just, just like Henry reset. did. You know, yeah, just like Henry did with his uh his sophomore year with COVID. You know, sometimes it just takes time to to slow down, to slow down, and just think. Can I handle this on my own, or do I need to talk to someone else? Right. you know, and I'd like to share an example of where I had to do both of those things. you know um, Henry talked about academics and his own confidence you know abdel Abdel I'm sorry Adam <laughs> Adam talked about uh, home life and and Devin talked about you know academic or athletics or it's almost like a profession, you know when it comes to that. So I like to combine all three and talk about my junior year of high school, which to me was my most difficult year of high school. You were you know, doing a lot. Yeah, a lot. I was doing a lot. <laughs> uh, freshman year, for me, for me freshman year was like an introduction to high school. You know, we all had that, we all had, you know, oh my gosh, this is AP classes, this is honors classes. Uh, it, to, to me, it was like, you know, someone holding your hand along the way. Right. You know, freshman year was wasn't easy, But it didn't feel hard. Yeah. You know, I will say. And then yeah, sophomore year came around. No one was holding your hand. (laughs) But for me, I already had the experience from freshman year, you know, this was gonna be a piece of cake. You know, I took some time to reflect. You know, things were going great. I, I was accelerating at a pace that I never thought I could before. I was joining clubs, I was starting things, and I sort of became my my own brand. Like Mark Ellison III, you know, <laughs> yeah. you hear that name, you, you think of something specific, like maybe community service yeah. or AP classes or, like or something. The, the president. Yeah, the president. <laughs> you know, I, I sort of built my own person. You know, I separated myself from not only just my peers, but, you know, my name, I, I was no longer referred to as just Mark Ellison anymore. You know, that was something that was always in the back of my mind since I was a kid, you know. Am I Mark Ellison or my Mark Ellison the third? What separates me from my father and my grandfather? Right. But in junior year came around and I was doing everything. Like you guys said, I was in every club in the school, maybe not DECA, but every club in the school, I was taking four A P classes as a junior, which was probably the most in in our grade. I that, was wait, that along with every club possible. Yeah. I was I was in uh, clubs outside of the school, and I was also doing ACT prep. And I was a I was a QuestBridge scholar, so I had a lot of things on my plate. And you were also lifting with the football team. Yeah, <laughs> I was lifting with
4: the football team. You yeah. Had to find time to get the games.
1: <laughs> yeah, I had to find time to get the games. At the beginning of the year, I I say I I felt like it was a lot, but you know it, I felt like this was something I could handle. And I was going strong. I was, I, I was there. You know, I was making new friendships. I was building something stronger. And then, right then, the unexpected happened. You know, my parents were getting divorced, mm. and I'd have to move houses, and I'd have to see my family split. Now, with that, I never would have thought that I was setting myself up for a situation that a, a kid sh- probably shouldn't have to go through. Right. And I had to let something down. It couldn't be my family because I had to be like the man in the house now. My dad was leaving, and it couldn't be my academics because I, I want to go to college. I want to. I want to be the Princeton guy. I want to be. Yeah. You know, I'm think I took five AP, AP classes plus the the four during junior year. I'm 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 set. I, I'm I'm doing everything. You know, I should be going to the best. Prestigious places. I should be an engineering major. I should be this. I should be that. I had to let something down. That's how I felt. And unfortunately, what I let down was my clubs, my community service. I let my peers down. And with that, it's it's like an unsettling feeling because you know that you're you're going to have to you know make up for your mistakes at some point. But when is that time? I'm a junior in high school. I'm leaving soon. You know and my whole thing about life at that moment was helping someone else is the best thing you could do for yourself. Yeah. And the best thing I could do for myself was not help someone else at that point. I had to be the man in the house and I had to take care of things, my own business. And to me, that was a failure. So would you say like helping people was your main passion? Helping people was my purpose. If it was my passion, it was my goal and I wasn't doing it enough. And I felt like, that adversity, having to overcome that that feeling that you let not only yourself down but the people you love, that's that's something that I will never forget. But with any sort of challenge or any sort of obstacle, you have to remember that it's only temporary. You know, I was able to you know be the man of the house, keep up with my academics, although they did dwindle a little bit. Um, I was able to keep up with all my stuff yes i wasn't the best president of the interact club or the the best secretary of nhs but i got to say that you know i kept my family together this is why i looked you as president <laughs> you're just awesome <laughs> uh, so junior year was the hardest year of my life i will say um with a lot of things going on both at home academically and my profession, which was helping someone else, sort of like how wrestling was your motivation, your reason to get up every morning. Um, I, I faced every sort of challenge in that aspect. So when when things started to dwindle down, I will say, uh, maybe not all the way, but I said to myself that if I'm gonna make things right, there's no better time than now. And w- when it comes to making mistakes, you have to remember that nothing is permanent. Nothing. You can go back and get back to where you started and do it better. You know,
2: Mark. If there's one thing that I that I know about you, um, as one of your defining characteristics, it would be that your morals guide you more yes. than anyone. Yeah. You know, you you are devoted to doing what you see as the right thing. And I think oftentimes, though, that has you putting yourself in a precarious position. Absolutely. For sure. (laughs) Like you were there, where sometimes you do have to step back and understand that your first obligation is to the people closest to you in your family. Right. For you know, if they, they need that help, then you know, you are therefore morally obligated to them before anyone else, and that's that's hard for someone with such a such a caring mindset, such a um, service oriented um, type of type of attitude, and that can be the hardest part
1: ever. Well said, absolutely. Yeah, uh, the the best thing to remember when going through those situations is that there's always the right time. It's always the right time to make things right. So I finished my junior year ready to get back. And over that summer going into junior year to senior year, I picked up home life. Mm-hmm. I, I was there for my little sister because I know she was taking this way worse than I was. You know, I was there for, you know, my peers again. I started, you know, doing camps. I I volunteered, I internshiped, I I did all those things. I got back to where I needed to be. Because the thing about adversity is that your life is so big and there will be periods of adversity, but there's also periods of uh, getting back, you know? The thing about that logarithmic curve with progress Sometimes you'll go up, you'll plateau, like maybe how I was doing. And then sometimes you'll dwindle. Right. But that's not the end of that curve. You know, progress is, it's not a roller coaster, but it isn't exactly a staircase. Mm. You have to remember that there's no there's, there's no better time than to, to go straight back up than right there when you started. And now I'm in my senior year, um... Yeah, I'm doing five AP classes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah. something like My five AP
1: classes. Yeah, I'm, I'm back in those clubs and even more, but I'm also there for my family. And yeah. I can say that I'm letting no one down right now. And I'm doing the best I can do. I'm, I'm glad to hear you're winning. Yeah. Winning life. Life throws a lot of things your way.
3: You're just going right over it. That's what we do. Bouncing back after something like that is
4: it. It's hard. Yeah. Most definitely, I feel like is. anybody that has experienced, you know, a parental divorce or or something big in the home life can really say that that affects you everywhere else too. No matter what is happening in the home, that is going to affect what is happening outside of the home. Yes. It all starts inside the house. Most definitely. So bouncing back after something like that is really difficult. Yes. And the fact that you went from that to five AP classes, all the clubs, and still doing a little bit of community service here and there. That's admirable, to Thank say you. the very least.
1: Thank you. I think what what sets people back is is they think that it's about ability, but it's never really is. We all have the capability to do the things that we want to do. But what sets us back is that we think that we have to wait We have to wait to to become one percent better when in reality it's every second that you're doing it. Yeah. Every second counts. Every second counts. (laughs) Every second counts. And in
2: every single one of our situations, you know, it was that it was that mental piece of understanding one that we ourselves are not to blame for our own for for our issues. For, for the problems that that came to us because you can only control what you can control yeah and you know no matter how perfectly you play the game of life it will still get more and more difficult absolutely right so once you're able to overcome that mental piece of that's okay that I'm going through this but how how am I gonna how am I gonna Proceed. How am I going to overcome this adversity? That's when you're able to put the pieces together and come out stronger because of it. Absolutely. For sure. Uh, I don't know if this is the right word, but
3: I always have like this analogy or representation of life that I just developed. uh, Like probably a little bit after COVID. It's about like life is sort of like, sort of like. A lake or something or a body of water and it's like just like pebbles come raining from the sky and then they just splash and then make ripples and in, in it mm-hmm. and, but yet and i like to view these pebbles as like the problems or like stuff because stuff that just comes out of nowhere and just creates crazy effects on life but yet these problems always sink to the bottom and they just become part of you but it's not like not like the it's not the Problems. The main problem that these problems cause is like the rippling effect. But once they sit still and then all that stuff goes away, it's sort of like a personality building. More, sort of like building a personality like these rocks. Like they just become part of the lake and then they just
2: continue building and structuring this lake. Because the ripples they create are temporary, mm-hmm. but they become permanent parts of the yeah. lake.
4: I like I like that a lot, actually, because yeah, the rocks are becoming part of the lake, like the problems are a part of you, yeah. but when you look at a lake, you don't identify the lake by the rocks, mm-hmm. you identify it as the water, yeah, those problems
3: don't define you, Not they at all. build you, yeah, but yeah. they don't define you at all, and the rocks are lessons, like like they're part of you, and they're the lessons. And then they, like, make your personality. And and it's really about how you're perceived, too. And it's like you perceive this lake as something. And it's like it, by how this lake looks, it's like. I I don't know know where I was going with this, but it's like, I like to think of, I like to think of it like you're walking along a lake and then you look at it and then you just judge it.
4: Yeah.
3: But Mm -hmm. you you judge the lake.
2: Yeah. On that note. Yeah. I I just, I just (laughs) wanted to continue. I just didn't know where to, where to end it. Right. (laughs) I think, you know, we've, we've made a lot of progress today. Not that it's a therapy session. Yeah. Oh, it feels like <laughs> it. It really feels like it. I like but talking to people. We let a little bit out. You know, the, the vulnerability that we had to display in order to, you know, hop on a podcast that will be shared with other people, peers, nonetheless. Peers, yeah, peers, yeah. nonetheless. You know, that I think that makes things, you know, makes each of us 10 times stronger for taking that step to do that. And, it serves as a lesson to those
1: listening to talk to
2: somebody. Talk yes. to talk somebody,
1: absolutely. please. Absolutely. I don't think I would, I'd be where I where I am now if I didn't get the help I needed. Yeah, you're right. I'd say I helped you the most, absolutely. just by being in your life. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That lake genealogy really changed my life. Yeah, it, it really. No,
3: it, it didn't change your life. life. It is your life. It is my life. <laughs> really. Yeah. You're an ocean, Mark.
1: I might just be an ocean.
4: But definitely do talk to somebody, and I really hope that, you know, this level of vulnerability, could some of y'all could really connect to that and uh, make y'all enjoy listening a little bit more, knowing that, you know, we, we've, we're we all going through something. It's just getting through it is what what
2: we
4: we all can do. Yeah. Well, that I swear means I swear.
2: Yeah. Pottstown Senior Crew is signing off.
3: Really. Adios.
1: Oh, well, I have, have I, a good one. Take care. I, I could talk more. All
3: right, well, I'll see you guys. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Thank you for tuning in to the Created for Greatness podcast. Check out our website at striveinitiative.org for more information. Subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss the next episode. Tell a friend, spread the word, and be great.
0: Clap it up! Clap it up!
2: We
1: out. Are-